With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back here with Truth News Radio Australia. Well, folks, in the second hour today, we've got a very interesting hour lined up for you with a guest who's been on the show a couple of times before, Luke McKee, uh, who's currently a refugee in Vietnam, basically uh, here in Vietnam. I'm actually in Vietnam myself uh, at the moment, and uh, we're in a little hotel room here in Hanoi, and I'm going to be talking to... Luke about some of his experiences uh, with some of his legal problems in Australia, but we're, we're doing it from the perspective of trying to understand a broader problem in society with legislation and some of the uh, rather draconian uh, pieces of legislation which uh, have restricted uh, people's freedom of speech to the extent that uh, it really is quite uh, a, a, an imposition on basic civil liberties. And Luke has uh, quite a long story and quite a complicated one to tell, as listeners may remember from previous interviews. And what we'll try and do is we'll try and step through it uh, at a, a slow enough pace for you to understand. And if I feel if if I don't understand what's going on, I'm going to interject. So I'd just like to say at this point, welcome Luke McKee to Truth News Radio. Yes, good to be back with you all. It's been an interesting uh year and a half since I've last been on. A lot of uh, new things have been uncovered um, in my long-running saga. I never chose to be the man accused of the rarest crime, most rarely used legislation in Australia, and the first ever legislation that's been targeted against the alleged activities of outlaw motorcycle gangs. Uh, This law is very draconian. It makes it a crime to obtain any personal information on a law enforcement officer. And recently, Magistrate Thomas Hogston from uh, Port Macquarie Local Court in another case of 60C, which we covered earlier, uh, involving an an Aboriginal boy, a black Aboriginal teenager being charged with the country's first anti-white supremacist, if we're thinking Hell's Angels, motorcycle gang law, a young 18-year-old boy affected by fetal alcohol syndrome was the fifth person in the history of Australia to be charged with Australia's first bikey gang law. For the American listeners who don't know the significance of outlaw motorcycle gang laws, you you all say, see something, say something, because of the terrorists, and you have the Patriot Act. The New South Wales Police website used to have a dob in a bikey, and outlaw motorcycle gang laws because of bikies, because we didn't get enough of the terrorist action and the government needed a a cause to take people's freedom away and trade it for maximum security. Great. Uh, Thanks, Luke. 
Uh, if I can just uh, give you a bit of a guideline there with the mic, uh, just try and keep it a little further away, about like that. Okay. So we're um, going to now go into more depth with the questions about this specific piece of legislation, the 60C legislation. Is this in one particular state in Australia or is it Australia-wide? Um, the jurisdiction of 60C includes New Zealand because even though I travel on a New Zealand passport, just like Assange or, or Frederick Tobin can be arrested in England for a crime not in England under the European Arrest Warrant Scheme, with the backing of warrant scheme between Australia and New Zealand and the interstate agreements, people have regularly been extradited for a crime that doesn't exist in their home state. Answering your question, 60C Crimes Act only exists in one state of one country on earth. And uh, the real reason it was made wasn't because of what Michael Costa, the police minister, said when the legislation was introduced in the New South Wales Police and Other Law Enforcement Officers Bill of 2002, the only bill on the New South Wales Parliament website to have Hansard censored and an extract document put in its place. Listeners can verify that by going to the Parliament homepage, B for Bills, or Bills After 97, click on the C for Crimes Amendment and go to the homepage for the bill and see it yourself and then try and find another bill that has, that has been censored in the same way. Can you just give us a summary in your own words of what this bill states? Uh, any person who could obtain personal information on a law enforcement officer that can blah, 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 uh, intimidate, uh, could harm the officer, otherwise harm is the exact words from the legislation, can face five years jail. It was meant to be, it was originally two years jail, but 60C Crimes Act is the only legislation amended by the 2006 Gang Laws Bill and also appears in the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime 2009 report, Palermo on the Pacific Rim, Transnational Organised Crime in the Asia-Pacific Region by Andrea Schollenhardt of the University of Queensland, T.C. Byrne School of Law. I've said that detail because people say this 60C isn't a bikey gang law. Well, it's the only legislation amended by the 2006 Gang Laws Bill that was made after the Cronulla riots. And if the Cronulla riots never happened and there was no 2006 Gang Laws Bill, this offence would legally be a non-indictable offence. And that means if the police didn't prepare charges against me within six months, this whole thing would have blown over. But there's no statute of limitations and it's the only offence of five years jail or more where you, are, you can be prosecuted by a magistrate without a jury of your peers. And the only victims of this said crime can be law enforcement officers. So if the police are pointing the finger at you directly for, for obtaining their personal information, then you don't have a right to a jury for this law and under this law alone. So it sounds like uh, some of the normal protections we expect in common law are not available in relation to this law. It seems like a, a rather draconian law. Why does this law exist? I mean, there might, there's probably some reason, some good reason, at least they felt why this law needed to be passed. It's about providing some extra special protection for police. Is that what it's all about? 
Um, when this law was introduced, it was challenged at inception by Lee Rhiannon, who's now a federal senator, and she said that this law would be used to provide a running cover for corrupt police, and only corrupt police would use this law. Ten years on, since its inception, the first outlaw motorcycle gang law has been used against anyone but bikies. Myself, a mentally handicapped Aboriginal teenager from Port uh, Macquarie, my dad went to the boys' trial. The boy's name was Benjamin Morris, and I was able to identify who he was before trial from a police press release. They said a boy used a social network, an 18 year old individual used a social networking website and made a comment at this time to the minute on this day and will appear at court, I think it was on the 16th of August. ABC News named the Facebook group the boy used All Port Macquarie Police Are Corrupt. And uh, the boy um, made a one line statement on Facebook. He said, F oath especially Detective Blake Keating, the three-letter word meaning gay, starting with F. And um, he was charged with the crime of obtaining true personal information on a law enforcement officer based on that statement alone that his mother, Gail Morris, supported him making because he had an altercation with this police officer in a skate park earlier. Now, based on his one sentence that he made, where do you think the pers- true personal information this Aboriginal teenager obtained was? So he obtained some personal information. That, that's the name of the charge. Uh, was it on Facebook? Is that how he obtained the information? We don't know how he obtained the information, but he demonstrated he obtained true personal information on a law enforcement officer, the definition of 60C, in this matter that he was charged for. And he was also charged with using the internet with intent to menace an equally rare federal law. Now, one would assume, and I assumed at the time, it was just like my case, where he was charged with the crime of obtaining true personal information, a secret gay and lesbian liaison officer or gay police officer was gay. But uh, it turned out that Blake Keating was not gay and he had charged a boy with obtaining true personal information. So the magistrate Thomas Hoxton had to spin it so that the police officer doesn't look like he's done the crime of an unlawful arrest. So the magistrate surprised everyone in the trial, including my dad who was there witnessing it, and the audio transcript is due to be deleted this month, so we will be doing everything we can to stop this audio transcript being removed. Uh, including complaints to the Judicial Complaints Commission against um, Magistrate Thomas Hoxton. My father has requested the uh, tape with a Freedom of Information request and was denied. Um, So why this tape is very significant is the magistrate spun it and said, no, you were justly charged with obtained true personal information on a law enforcement officer, Mr Benjamin Morris, because you said the word especially... And the word especially links to the title of the Facebook group that the New South Wales Police told the ABC that you created without the word allegedly. And uh, so you were justly charged with obtaining true personal information that a law enforcement officer has done a corrupt act. And the matter went on and, and the boy said, well, I didn't create the Facebook page, it was already there, so I didn't write the word corrupt. And that's why... He beat the conviction for 60C Crimes Act, but was convicted of using the internet with intent to menace for that one line of Facebook. 
And the sources are police press release, Google cache, the court appearance notice, and, of course, my father going to trial and, and witnessing it and giving his eyewitness a testimony on Topher's unpopular view. We'll include a link to the other podcast for that. But this actually happened, uh, that this obscure law that's only been used five times in Australia's history, the first domestic terrorist outlaw motorcycle gang law, was used for something so trivial. After 10 years, the police can't find any bikies, and the law was introduced because, I quote, the New South Wales Crime Commission has received intelligence reports that outlaw motorcycle gangs are building dossiers on police and their families. Ten years later, the police intelligence, of course, has proved proven to be flawed. Okay, thanks. That's a pretty concise summary of, uh, of the history of that particular uh, legislation and some of the issues with it. So, you know, I think we should now uh, get on and talk to uh, talk about some of the bigger picture of what you're dealing with, Luke, because uh, you have run up against this particular law, but you have run up against this particular law in the context of some ongoing matters, which are separate police matters, and these are somewhat complex and a little a little hard to unthread so perhaps if you could if you could step through some of the history of of how you came to be on the wrong side of, of some of this legislation okay well let's go back to the very very beginning once upon a time i actually worked with police every day and didn't wasn't in conflict with the special members of the New South Wales Police who wear a pink triangle logo, a logo that was originally designed by Hitler's Waffen Nazi SS to designate homosexuals who must die in death camps. I myself... We're just going to break you with Truth News Radio Australia. We will be right back. Men and women of Earth, may I have your attention. This is Heriwood Fenton, host of Truth News Radio Australia. You're invited to join the info war as we work to restore truth in media and challenge the dark forces which now dominate mainstream news. I'm calling on you, valued listener, to use your hard-earned dollars to help us smash the globalist empire. Visit truthnews.com.au and subscribe today. Radio, and I'm talking to Luke McKee about his problems with the law, but we're talking about some very complicated situations in Australia with some laws that are hard to understand. Now, Luke, uh, you were broken off there in mid-flow, and you were talking about uh, your association with the police. Let's continue from there. Oh, yes. Uh, I was talking about uh, the New South Wales police is uh, segregated, apartheid, 
uh, gay police units. There are no special police for people of uh, skin colour or race in, in, in practicality. But, um, and if I was to call the police station to ask for a sexy sergeant, I would be arrested for being a public nuisance. But there's an ad, there was an advert until very recently, which I've publicised, um, on the New South Wales Police homepage under, uh, I think, Community, community Matters, uh, regarding their special gay police. Now, a lot of people are scratching their head and wondering, do gay police, special gay police really exist? Gay and lesbian liaison officers who must be officers in charge of investigating heterosexuals if there is a homosexual complainant, just as only whites could only investigate blacks in South Africa if a white person pointed the finger, until Nelson Mandela said he was prepared to die to stop the bigotry. But... In Australia, if you don't believe these gay police exist, all you need to do is go to Google. Alex Jones used to call this a Google bomb, but this Google bomb has already been done because it's number one on Google. If you type hate crime and terrorism into Google, click on the first link, you'll be taken to secure.nsw.gov.au and you'll see a page about 9-11, London bombing and gay and lesbian liaison officers fighting the terrorists. So um, I was accused of the crime of knowing I was a victim of a hate crime, a crime motivated by discrimination, by definition, is a hate crime. And if you know your gay neighbour, later arrested for same-sex domestic violence, sent out not one but two gay and lesbian liaison officers to your house, one of the two officers is in the world newspapers, her name is Tui Ornsby, and she's in the UK Mirror newspaper, boosted by a lesbian TIFF article for doing lesbian domestic violence almost occasioning in death of her teammate before becoming a police officer in 2002. However, even though it's public knowledge since she's, she's been gay, I've been accused of the crime of obtaining her personal information and knowing her and her colleague, uh, Kate Howe, the officer in charge of the uh, investigation, were gay, and I was discriminated against because if the gay officers did what they promised in the electronically recorded interview of suspect persons, or a police interview tape, they call it an heiress in police jargon, like they call officer in charge OIC in police jargon, if the alibi was picked up, it would have exonerated the heterosexual you're now speaking to, Harrowood, and it would require a gay and lesbian liaison officer to arrest one of her own kind outside the bedroom. And, well, that didn't happen. And after I won in my matter in court, I, made, I did a freedom of information request before being prosecuted with the crime of obtaining true personal information on a law enforcement officer. So I was a, a police complainant that was preparing to do a private prosecution against police. The Greens, Lee Rhiannon said, only corrupt police would use this law to provide a running cover for their corrupt acts. Rank-and-file police have never heard of this law and this law has only ever been used in one, that one odd case in Port Macquarie that we know of, my case, and against someone in professional standards, using the law against a fellow police officer. We found that out from a paid legal inquiry to justanswer.com, where someone had paid $115 to that website to get uh, legal advice, and the person 
claimed that they worked for the police and asked the question and then gave the answer, oh, the solution is using 60C Crimes Act against this officer who subscribed me to some junk mail. So this is Australia's first bikey gang law that gets five years jail used in very odd circumstances only against police complainants or people who at odds who are at odds with Professional Standards Command, then headed up when I started by Catherine Burns. And if the list today, the New South Wales Police Twitter account, probably says DCOP, Deputy Commissioner Catherine Burns, 20 to 40 times in relation to the Martin Place uh, incident in the cafe because she's in charge of uh, specialist operations as she's in charge of the media unit now. And she's trying to be Australia's next police commissioner. She's in the running against someone who um, is of uh, Egyptian origin who speaks Arabic and this plays right into her uh, career plan very well because last month she became the first police officer that I know of in Australia's history to be subject to a, a parliamentary probe, a parliamentary committee into Operation Prospect. And my police sources that you will hear in a very short clip later have confirmed that she had no chance of getting the top job until this uh, terrorist incident occurred. Can you elaborate on Operation Prospect? Is this a police operation or is this an investigation into police misconduct? It's a very... uh, There's actually three police operation words that are involved... I'll come back to Operation Prospect in just a second. Um, my complaint is got a lot of things in parallel with Operation Mascot. On the eve of the Sydney Olympics, a search warrant was given to now what is now an Australian High Court judge to sign off on the wiretapping of a barrister, journalists and Mick Caldas, Catherine Burns' rival for the top job of commissioner that she's going for in a few months. And um, there was no probable cause in the warrants. And uh, this, of this report, there was an emblems report made. And invest- so there's, emble- there's task force emblems, which I think was the original bugging scandal. There was Operation Mascot to investigate that. And then the ombudsman set up got his own legislation amended so he could compel people to answer and have secrecy when investigating the involvement. Catherine Burns uh, worked for SCIA, which was the name for police internal affairs uh, back then in the year uh, 2000 and was involved in... Rumour has it that she was involved in preparing the uh, dodgy search warrants and my whole 60C case is exactly the same dodgy search warrants, both cases, mine and this big emblems affair, went to the ombudsman and now because the ombudsman, Bruce Barber, who lives in his three plus, according to the real estate guide, three three million dollar mansion, in, um, has been unable to make any progress. The former police minister, who was recently done for corruption, Michael Gallagher, he promised, the uh, his election promised, he would make the emblems report be released and he reneged on his, his promise. And um, 
the Greens aren't the good people here in this too. It was their human rights and social justice agenda against this law. But we all know, the, the you, as you previously called them, the watermelons, um, the, so, uh, the socialists, the Fabian socialists, along with Labor, they... They they very much love the idea that um, norm, normal police are inferior, and only a gay and lesbian liaison officer can do the bidding for a gay. So they drop their own socialist, um, their own social justice and human rights agenda, in a favour for authoritarian gays with guns who can charge you with the crime of knowing they are gay under 60C Crimes Act. But it wasn't a crime for everyone to know the police minister, uh, who took my complaint originally, David Campbell MP was a closet homosexual. In fact, he had to resign when it became public because he could be blackmailed by those who knew he was gay, according to the ACMA in their report. Okay, so, gee, that's a very, very twisted and very un- unusual little story that we're threading through today. I'm talking to Luke McKee about uh, this, um, this legislation uh, which prevents people from obtaining personal information about police, which has been specifically used in cases uh, where the police are gay. Anyway, we're just going to break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. This is Building 7, a 47-story skyscraper that fell on the afternoon of September 11th. The government says that fire brought it down. However, 1,500 architects and engineers concluded it was a controlled demolition. Over 6,000 of my fellow service members have given their lives. Thousands of my fellow first responders are dying. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a structural engineer. I'm a New York City correction officer. I'm an Air Force pilot. I'm a father who lost his son. We're Americans, and we deserve the truth. Go to rememberbuilding7.org today. Welcome back, you with Truth News Radio. And we're talking about some obscure and rather unpleasant aspects of Australian law and policing today. Now, Luke, I'd like to just, at this point, try to broaden out our discussion a little bit. We talked about some very detailed stuff. We talked about the laws. We've talked about your some of your specific experiences. But I think what's probably more interesting... Uh, for the for the listener, is to to talk about this phenomenon of how it can be that we have special police that are set up for one particular sexual orientation. I mean, it, it's quite bizarre. I, mean, I certainly had no idea this existed. I mean, I had heard about police marching in the Mardi Gras, and, and I know that uh, that. It's part of our inclusive, diverse society that we acknowledge people's sexual orientation. But to go to the extent of actually having special police for gay people is, is certainly quite 
quite strange. And and what 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 kind of worries me, I guess, is where our society is going with all this, because th- there have been a lot of problems with with some of the legal ramifications of, for example, the surrogacy business, and as we saw with, with that other story that I covered with you about the, the, the two guys, one of them Australian, one of them American, who are now in prison, of course, who were gay. Uh, but, but this wider problem of the surrogacy uh, trade being used by a lot of gay people but also having this kind of criminal element in it and there's also kind of a phenomenon of of our society having this positive discrimination whereby one particular group of people is given special protections and and it's a, it's a, it's a minority group within the society but that group has special protections under the law that the rest of us don't have. I mean, where are we headed with all this? What What's it all about? I just don't get it. Okay. I listened to your question very carefully. And just to tidy off all the last stuff, I'll make it really simple. Um, before we move on, um, 60C, in a nutshell, is whistleblower suppression tactics. It's all it ever has been used for. The real reason it was introduced was not the by outlaw motorcycle gang's first use as a cover story to get legislation passed ever. No, it wasn't. The previous law I actually first learned about as a security guard getting training from an ex-police officer, Dave Ord, for sector security. He used to tell us there's a different definition of assault for police because police are a special type of people as well. And 60C and 60B Crimes Act were amended also to include the spouses of gay police, a minority of a minority of a minority. But this law was really made because its predecessor, 60 brackets, one of the Crimes Act, crime of intimidating police, was destroyed in the Supreme Court the year before in the case of Mellor vs Lowe, New South Wales Supreme Court, year 2000, listing number 75. They lost their wild card law to jail anyone they like for intimidating police. It all ended when a magistrate pulled out the Macquarie Dictionary and said, were you police intimidated? Were you cowering in your boots when you were pointing your gun at a shirtless Aboriginal man in Redfern, angry that his brother was being arrested. And the police, the magistrate asked the police, were you cowards? Were you in fear? Were you fearing for your life that a shirtless Aboriginal man could best five cops with guns? And the cops said no, and the magistrate said the law is a fast, and it ended. And, you know, it comes back into Parliament, and even Fred Niles is voting to make the secret gay police. I mean, in South Africa... The special minority white police couldn't charge a black person with the crime of knowing their skin colour. So this, by worse, this far worse than apartheid ever was. And fortunately, there isn't enough victims yet for people to get as angry as they were when Nelson Mandela, but 
this this sixty C is part of a much larger thing, with all the new terrorism laws to protect ASIO, and it's got the press very concerned. No one can investigate what the police are doing. They control all the information. You, we can't listen to the police radios anymore. You have to use Catherine Burns PEATS Pete system to log into their website and where the police monitor everything you search as a journalist. You, you don't. They can cordon off whole areas in the CBD, control the narrative. Has anyone seen a picture of yet as of of this um, this chic in the Martin Place Cafe with a gun when it happened right across the road from Channel Seven Studios? Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying here is that really it's a pretext. Uh, it's basically a a way of giving them more power. Now, the the particular context in which some of this power is being wielded is maybe not the main agenda. May, and, and maybe when we look at the, the issue of you know, obtaining information about someone's sexual orientation, uh, which, which is you know, one of the main substantive cases that's, that's come forward in regard to this law, uh, that's not really what it's all about. Does the same caveat apply when we look at some of these cases of what appear to be uh, discriminatory behaviour on, on behalf of uh, the gay and lesbian you know, liaison services and the police, it, it, is this just kind of a, a soft pedal tyranny that's kind of coming into, into our society, kind of undercover? You know, it's it's like it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing, kind of coming in under the cover of, oh, we're doing this to protect minorities. It's not about that, Harold. It's much more simple. If you complain against corrupt police, the only people who ever use this law is professional standards, internal affairs. You make a complaint to the Police Integrity Commission, and they send it off to the police without your consent. That's like uh, saying, uh, thank you for your complaint against the uh, outlaw motorcycle gangs. Uh, We're too busy to deal with it now, so we will refer your complaint uh, back to the outlaw motorcycle gangs for internal review. I mean, you you give it to the police, and then they come after the whistleblower. That's what happened to me. There needs to be some interesting questions asked in Parliament. How many bikies were accused of the country's first outlaw motorcycle gang law? How many police were accused? How many police corruption informants were accused? If this became public, the, the fact that... Because the Americans just don't understand how much outlaw motorcycle gang laws have been misused. Now, because we're running out of time, and I, I do want to get answer your last question too, that when I was in America, I've been only arrested twice in my life. And my other arresting officer of me, and I do ask all the listeners to Google this name, Christopher Kent Bowersox. He charged me when I was in Bakersfield, California, with delaying or resisting my own murder slash arrest when I refused to put my hands down out of the line of sight so I could be possibly shot dead. And I didn't reply with an unlawful request because it would have endangered my life and given him an opportunity to shoot me. And I made a complaint that he was subject of a pitch-ass motion, which is a nuance of Californian law, to find out uh, when other complainants can identify other people who have complained against the same police officer. And last year I Googled him again, and he's a mainstream media-confirmed gay pedophile 
who was promoted to head up BakersfieldGraffiti.com, Bakersfield Police Ghost Graffiti Task Force, chasing after young adolescent males. He pled guilty to gay child pornography and plotting to murder young boys online, only got two years jail, cleared out his police pension before laws were changed in California to stop criminal public servants collecting their pension payments and contributions. And he even said in sentencing that he only became depraved in 2006 after he saw children die from a hand hand grenade. Well, in 2005, he joined Beast Forum, a bestiality website, and now, so he's saying to a judge that gay men having sex with animals is not depravatory, or he lied and committed the crime of perjury to get a less assessed sentence. And the FBI has three press releases on their website about the only other police officer to arrest me in, in my life. This is like lightning striking twice. Really, it is. To only be arrested twice in your life by mainstream media criminal confirmed criminal gay police... I've got Bowersox's handwriting on my charge sheet and I've got um, Tui Ornsby's handwriting on the fact sheet. We're just going to break with Truth News Radio Australia talking to Luke McKee about the police and uh, matters of corruption. We will be right back for one more segment before the end of the hour. Don't go away. Really interesting chat. Truth News Radio, and we're talking today about uh, some problems with uh, police corruption, uh, unjust laws, some very specific law in Australia, and Luke McKee, my guest, uh, who's based in Vietnam, uh, somewhat uh, a refugee from Australia, is is explaining some of the problems he has had. Uh, Now, Luke, uh, we've got uh, one more segment left for this chat, and uh, I mean, can, can can we kind of pull all these threads together and... And, and talk about what's going on in our society. I just, you know, I, I want to know why these phenomena are occurring. It looks to me like this is just our society gravitating towards various forms of, of almost arbitrary forms of corruption, but it, it is a tendency towards disempowerment. I don't know. Minorities are be given more power. See, whenever you have a situation of tyranny, quite often minorities are given are given special attention. Sometimes minorities are persecuted, but at other times, and this has happened historically, you know, minorities can be specially favoured, and and this is just another it's another way of implementing social control. But uh, anyway, over to you for any any comment and your just your general take on that. Uh, okay. Well, look. Um, the documents I mentioned before will be included in the bio for the show, um, showing that I really was actually arrested by uh, Christopher Kent Bowersox, his own handwriting, and the uh, and some other paperwork relating to Australia. So let, let your listeners know I didn't pick the names of two gay police that ran foul with the law 
out of a hat that I really had face-to-face dealings with these with these criminals, um, you know, using state-supplied weaponry. Um, but the, 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 the bigger thing that's going on here is that if it's a crime to be against crime itself, then we go straight down the path to tyranny. If the police control all the information, control the narrative, control exclusion zones, control who's their sycophant fans on their police Facebook page using the New South Wales Police iWatch system, the new Neighbourhood Watch, to manage all their snitches, to, um, to control... Um, who's in and who's out, who knows what's happening. No one, the police cannot police themselves. The ombudsman cannot investigate the police, has not. That's why there's a parliamentary inquiry into the the anti-corruption apparatuses in the state and all their overseers covering up for this woman. When the, when the, when the, when the emblems scandal leaked... Uh, when, the, when her and her rival was going for the top job, all the newspapers said it couldn't even go to an Australian court because she's, she's, she's already corrupted Australian judges in this saga. And yet you give it to the same person, Bruce Barber, who covered up my complaint against her. So my complaint and this emblems one is linked. It's, it's, it's part of a bigger picture. It's the standard operating procedure to cover up police corruption and go after the whistleblowers and persecute them. And guess who else was complaining about police corruption and writing letters to the police and being victimised by the police? This is the very same sheik who was in the Martin Place Cafe who was writing letters. And what did he do? He did something which we find offensive... But in America, they call it free speech. I'm not going to defend the guy, but in America, you've got the um, what's that uh, cult, cultish church we talked about before the interview? Mormons? No, <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble with everyone, Herod. Um, there is a. Uh, a ch- oh, you're talking about the OTO? No. Oh, we've got to talk about the OTO. Look. Okay, there is a, there's a church in America that loves picketing war veterans after they come back from home. The name will probably jump into your mind. But also we talked about the OTO. In Australia, uh, Vivian Legg and uh, Mr Dyson were jailed for religious vilification for being against the teachings of Alistair Crowley, who the Paul Joseph Watson's captioned pro-gay Channel 4 UK did a documentary about called The Wickedest Man in the World. <coughs> and if you go to 22 minutes in that documentary with 2 million views, you'll see, and this sounds strange, that Alistair Crowley went into the desert with his, with his, gay, with his friend and discovered that gay anal sex, black sex magic can open the gates from hell. And now, that's what they believe. That's quoting from the documentary, 22 minutes on. But if you think that you have the right to be against people who believe and who worship Bathomet, a goat, and uh, the book, uh, I think Alistair Crowley's book, not the book of the laws, but the magic and theory and practice talks about sacrificing young boys, preferably, quote, preferably young boys. If you're against the, this, this occultist religion headed in Australia by David Bottrell, who works for the federal government's immigration department, partnership visa policy section, if you're against the satanic religion, you will be prosecuted for religious vilification and jailed for nine months, and the magistrate in the case ignored the Victorian Charter of Human Rights, the closest thing Australians have to a Bill of Rights, Bill of Rights, that says you are entitled to go 
to a jury before your peers. She said, no, I'm ignoring the, the, the charter. Uh, even lawyers picked this up on the charter blog. She said, no, I'm ignoring the law. In abstentia, I'm sentencing, uh, sentencing you to nine months jail, which they did go to jail, and they were extradited from New Coffs Harbour, New South Wales, dragged all the way down to Victoria and sent to jail with five New South Wales police for criticising the religion of gay and or sex black magic to open the gates of hell. This actually happened in Australia. The case law is online. And if you go to otraustralia.org.au, go to the legal page, they're also bragging about suing an anti-pedophile charity. Just to uh, clarify, you're claiming that this, that this religion... Well, you're claiming it, though. You're, I'm not making the claim. You're making the claim. You're a guest on, on this show making the claim. I, I don't know your claims to be correct. The video's online. It's uh, UK Mera. Yes, but that, that doesn't... That, that's still your claim. I don't know if, you've, if that video exists at this point. Alistair Crowley, wickedest man in the world. I, I'm aware of the video about Alistair Crowley. Yeah, that, that video. Uh, but but I, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm merely clarifying is that, is that you're making a claim about um, a, anal sex and a few other things, oh, yeah. that, that, that the, uh, the people who uphold this religion do deny, and they, yeah, they've, they they've denied. They believe that gay anal sex enhances the power of sex magic. They believe in sex magic. It's part of their thing. They well, I, I, I should say, I should, yes, I, perhaps I, I really shouldn't have even said that. I don't actually mean that specific sex act. I, I, what, what I mean is that uh, they, they deny they've done anything illegal. Put it that way. They they claim to be good law-abiding uh, citizens yes. by the standards of our legal system. Is not, that correct? Not, not only them, but the Public Interest Law Clearinghouse. American listeners are thinking, just think ACLU, okay? ACLU, exactly the same deal. Got pro bono assistance for this so-called religion, which is one of the, one of its offshoots include L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology. Gave them pro bono legal assistance to jail the, the two webmasters of the Gayer Guys website who refused to comply with a court order from a different state enforcing legislation that didn't even exist in their own state. And they were taken across state borders, kidnapped, thrown in jail for n- nine months. I think Vivian Legg is still around and kicking. I've seen her going to different New Age forums online. But these people were jailed for the crime of standing against this religion, which even uh, did I call it a religion? This this weird ass cult that you know has their gnostic mass and they dress up in robes like a like a like a like a Stanley Kubrick movie, eyes wide shut. They have all their Facebook page with all their secret churches with unknown locations. I mean, what are they? I mean, they're they're, they're an elusive. Uh, a cult. A cult means secret. They are a cult. And, and yet, once again, here is an example of, of a minority group that is being protected from on high by legislation and, and by, by very proactive involvement of legal representatives, etc. And ostensibly that's a good thing because we say, well, it's good to protect minorities. But it's similar to things we've discussed on this show about about uh, Jewish people and and the whole Judaic 
uh, cult, we might say, and I had Brendan O'Connell on this show talking about that uh, in depth. And again, that's another minority situation where a certain group of people have rights which seem to supersede the rights of, of the average person to, to the extent that if you say anything negative about them, it's vilification. Yeah, the thing here is Australia is really putting a big X on its forehead to be target for terrorism. If you're make, if our Alex Greenwich MP is saying Islamic schools must have a gay subculture and Catholic schools must have a gay subculture and that all religious uh, institutions must be removed from the Anti-Discrimination uh, Act, must have their exemptions removed, why gays remain exempt, gays above God under law. When you're, you're doing stuff like that, you're saying... We are infidels. Come and get us. The government is inspiring. I mean, the government is trying to make our country be victims of terrorist attack by by allowing us to, to look like infidels in the in the eyes of people who may be either more devout Muslim or more strict or you know we're looking like we're looking like the infidels when we are jailing people for being against the religion of gay anal sex black magic it's bizarre why are people going to jail for being against this this is the first case one of the first cases someone being jailed for religious vilification the second case ever under victorian law and lawyers weekly even did a story about it so this is really going on i mean what kind of country do we have when it's a crime against the state to be against a religion started by a man who even wikipedia calls a pedophile the wickedest man in the world. Indeed. And uh, we could do a whole show on OTO, although I'm a little bit scared that they will come after me. So I you know, just want to say I'm not making any... I'm not casting any aspersions, folks. Okay? I don't know anything. I don't know any of this to be true. But it's been great talking to you, Luke McKee, and we will keep abreast of all your developments. And uh, also check out Victims of Gay Bullying. Now the gay mafia is going after my father, Jeffrey McKee, too. Thanks a lot. That's our show for this week. And uh, have a great Christmas, everyone. We'll be back after Christmas. See you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.